0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan, warmly joined on this Friday morning by Derek Brown and Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros. Fellas, we are running through our key questions here in week five. We are already here. Before we jump into the key questions, we don't always talk about Thursday Night Football on the show, but I just have to react DJ Moore, first of all, hashtag he a Terp. Second of all, boy, was that fun to watch him go absolutely bananas. 230 yards, three touchdowns. Really should have been more because he absolutely did not step out of bounds on a play that could have been another 30 yards plus a fourth touchdown. Fitz, what do we make of more looking forward? Is this sort of an example of signature significance where a game like this is so impressive that we have to bump him up or he was going up against a not very good secondary in Washington and that's kind of all this was?
2: He definitely benefited from the coverage problems the commanders were having, but um, I think people were a little too down on him after the first three weeks of the season and uh, let's not get too high on him, but he is a top 20 wide receiver. As far as the talent goes, like DJ Moore is good. Just keep him in your lineup. Roll with him. I uh, hope you didn't sell him low. Um, and, you know, probably not a good idea to set, buy him super high after a 230 yard game either. Debro, what do you think about him rest of season?
3: Uh, I, I'll go a little bit above Pat. I think um, he's a top 15 wide receiver. Um, my rest of season ranks... I uh, kind of moved some some things around this morning. Yeah, I've got about wide receiver fourteen right now. Um, I think you can make a case for him in the same breath as Jalen Waddle, um, and maybe even Ceedee Lamb. And that people might hate that about Ceedee Lamb, but Dallas being so run heavy, I mean, I, I think it's warranted.
1: Yeah, that's I'm surprised to hear that, but I don't have a good rebuttal to it. Uh, We are going to jump into our matchup previews here with our key questions for every single matchup on the week five slate. Matchup previews. We are in bye week season now for the next however many weeks. Uh, This is the first one. There are four teams on bye this week. It's the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. So, if you have any players from any of those teams in your lineups and just have been said it, forget it, and you haven't checked yet, make sure you take those guys out of your lineup because they will not be playing here in week five. Fellas, we have another London game as well. So, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Don't get caught. Sign up for autopilot with Fantasy Pros, my playbook. It's a great tool that will take out players so you don't have to wake up if you're on the West Coast at 6 a.m. and make sure there wasn't a surprise inactive. Just make sure you have it set up, especially for these London games, so you don't get caught with inactive players in your lineups, taking a zero. We got some really good players in this one. Going to be a fun game, I expect. Jags at the Bills for this London game. My key question for you guys. Is, is this the week the Jaguars offense finally breaks out again for fantasy managers? Debro, what do you think? No, I don't, I don't think not not against the Bills. Now, I think two specific players
3: can walk away with good games in that Travis Etienne going against the Bills run defense, which is honestly a bottom three unit right now. And people could be surprised to hear that. But second highest explosive run rate, highest yards after contact per attempt. I think Travis Etienne has a good day. And I think Christian Kirk has a good day. Teron Johnson's not been good. Every single target in his coverage has been secured. 100% catch rate for all the mathematicians out there. 107 passer rating in his coverage. So I think it's going to be another week of we're going to feed Travis Etienne. We're going to feed Christian Kirk. And hopefully we squeak by with a win. But I don't think it's the full bounce back. And after this game, people are like, oh, baby, Trevor Lawrence is back. He's back. He was never gone, but he's back. So I think we're going to have to wait another week for that.
1: Yeah, Fitz Debro didn't really mention Calvin Ridley. What do you make of him going into this one and the offense as a whole? Well,
2: it might help him that Tredavious White is uh, not going to be there, torn Achilles. So, um, But still, the Bills are, are second in defensive DVOA, second against the pass. So it is a, a pretty tough matchup, even without Tredavious White. I think it does maybe help the Jaguars that they get a couple of key players back on offense. Say Jones is coming back, and Cam Robinson their left tackle. So um, that might help a little. But yeah, I'm not really expecting a smash game here for Trevor Lawrence and company.
1: Not many fantasy questions on the Bills side, but this is the best team in the AFC, right, Fitz?
2: I don't know. Like everyone, no one wants to give the Chiefs their due. No one wants to give the Chiefs their due. And they just keep rolling along and, and you know, getting to the AFC championship game every year and playing in a lot of Super Bowls. So um, I'm, I'm not quite ready to go there, Worm. All right, you're you're holding off here for for bro. I'll say the Bills are the, the Bills, best yeah. team in the AFC.
3: Josh Allen is playing a, I mean whatever past MVP level, uh whatever that is, that's where Allen is right now. He has been lights out ridiculous over the
1: last 3 weeks. I think I think it's one of those things where the Bills will end up the one seed because I think they're the better team, but I'll still pick the Chiefs to upset them in January just <laughs> because of Patrick Mahomes and no that's other fair. reason. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer Every game day this October, this week, I'm very excited for an excellent Sunday night football matchup between Dallas and San Francisco, two of the best defenses in football, maybe the two best defenses in football, and yet the total is 45 on DraftKings, the spread is 49ers by three and a half on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, so San Fran is getting some real respect as one of the final two undefeated teams left standing, however you bet that game, get in on the game day greatness, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use code FANTASYPROS, new customers can score 200. $100 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See Sportsbook.draftKings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Game number two, guys, Texans at Falcons. My key question here. Did last week solidify Nico Collins as the receiver to roster and play from the Texans? You really should be rostering him, you know, either way, but as the receiver to play from the Texans, or is this going to be a roller coaster season between him and Tank Dell kind of trading off good games back and forth?
2: Fitz? Yeah, this is going to upset the president of the Tank Dell fan club over here, Mr. Derek Brown, but um, <laughs> the answer is yes. I mean, Nico Collins is a beast, and one of the things I have most enjoyed about this season so far is watching Nico Collins blossom into a star, and, and I'm pretty confident using the word star um, because I don't think he has any holes in his game. Like, good route runner, reliable hands, can make acrobatic catches outside the frame of his body, and he is an absolute monster after the catch just like really hard to tackle um does not want to go down after he has the ball so um he just passes the eye test with flying colors and the numbers are pretty good too he's averaging 19.5 yards per catch which leads all pass catchers with 10 or more uh, receptions he's fifth in the league in receiving yardage averaging 13.4 yards per target and 3.37 yards per route run um Tank Dell is a really nice complimentary receiver, but Nico is a star. And I think he is a guy we're going to be drafting like in the third round of fantasy drafts in 2024.
1: Yeah. D Nico is just so much fun to watch. He and CJ Stroud together for a long time is going to be awesome. Um, what do you make of him versus Tank Dell in terms of rest of season? How wide is that gap? And also what does the matchup look like for this week?
3: Um, so looking at rest of the season rankings, I, I agree with Fitz that I think when, when we flip over the cards after this season, that Nico is going to be the leader in all the passing categories. He's the guy with the ceiling. I've got him in my rest of season rankings at wide receiver 21. Um, I've got Dell as a top 36 wide receiver. I think, uh, so I've got him at wide receiver 27. I think you can start making the case around there, but somewhere in the wide receiver three territory is where we need to be ranking tank Dell for rest of season. Um, I think this is going to be more of a roller coaster. And that's not to say that, again, when we flip over the cards, that Nico Collins is going to lead all the pass catchers in statistical categories. I I, I agree with Fitz on that. But I think that with this offense, CJ Stroud's hitting the open man. He's going to take take advantage of matchups. And so I think that this is going to be a roller coaster every single week and not a situation where it's, okay, drop back, force feed the ball to Nico Collins. Like this week with the matchups? I think it's going to be a big Bobby trees game. I think Robert Woods is going to go off. I think that he is the one that's going to uh, lead them in receptions yards. That's my bold call. That's going to be on the site later today um, that Bobby trees goes for one twenty and a score. I think that he leads them in everything. And this is all comes down to, they do not want to sit here and challenge AJ Terrell and Jeff Akuta on the outside. And that's exactly what you shouldn't be doing. So taking advantage and picking on D Alfred in the slot is exactly where, where the ball needs to go. And CJ Stroud needs to do. D offer this year, 77% catch rate, 125 pass rating. Bob Woods has taken over as the slot wide receiver since Noah Brown went on the IR. I think it's a Bobby Trees week.
1: This is the perfect opportunity to talk about this year's Fantasy Over-Under Challenge presented by Betting Pros. Each week, the guys will be making over-under picks for 10 different players for how many fantasy points we expect them to score. Submit your picks at fantasypros.com slash challenge to play along with the guys so you don't miss out on the chance to win awesome prizes. One of this week's players is CJ Stroud, who has taken the league by storm as a rookie. been just a, a joy to watch, really, in his first month just see a guy come in and light the league up like this. His line is set at 18 and a half fantasy points against the Falcons. Debro, will he go under or <sighs> over that? I'm going to take the under. I hate to do it, but I'm taking the under. Yeah, it's, I think it's a pretty good line, actually, it's given a good, the matchup a really and, and good how he's line. played. Fitz, what do you think? Eighteen and a half.
2: I'm with Debro here. I think it's the slightly better percentage play to go under. Those Atlanta outside cornerbacks are tough. Yep.
1: We actually also have sort of a follow-up question on CJ Stroud. Uh, We've got a poll up on the Spotify episode from an earlier episode this week. Everybody should go listen to that episode on Spotify and also go vote in the poll to let us know what you think. In our poll on this show, uh, the show from Thursday of this week, CJ Stroud enters week five as QB 10, but his rest of season ranking is QB 16. Is he a legitimate QB 1 in fantasy moving forward? So we'll say top 12 QB moving forward. Um, I'll let you guys know the results after you tell me what you think. Fitz, what do you think? Is he a top 12 QB moving forward?
2: No, I think he's a high-end quarterback, too. Um, There will be bumpy patches, I would expect, still. But amazing that they have been able to do what they've done with the offensive line injuries they had. And like Bobby Slowick is going to be a head coach somewhere next year. There's no question about that yet.
1: Yet another offensive line injury just this week. I mean, they just they're dropping like flies. Uh, Debra, what do you think about him rest of season? Where would you have him ranked? I've got the QB 12. Um, I have
3: him right at that precipice. I, I don't disagree with Fitz that he's a borderline guy. I
1: just think that he's barely over the edge. The uh, people who have responded to the poll so far Agree with bro. Yes, fide QB1 getting 72.8% of the vote. They are drinking the Kool-Aid. Only 27% saying he will reg- regress down below QB1 status. So people are excited, and they haven't been given a lot of reasons not to be. So I totally get it. Um, we actually also have a second uh, player in the over-under challenge from this game. And so since we talked about Nico Collins, I'll just quickly ask about him too. Will he top 11 fantasy points against Atlanta Fits. I know the matchup is
2: difficult, but I'm going to say yes. Debra?
1: I'm going to go with no.
3: Um, I think for that line, he probably
1: needs to score a touchdown to get the over, and I just don't think he gets in the end zone. If you guys are looking to raise the stakes every Sunday and become even more invested in your fantasy football team, we've got a game changer for you. Just visit fantasypros.com slash props, and you can view the top recommended player prop bets for your fantasy football players. Combine your fantasy football knowledge with our prop bet cheat sheet to make informed bets and score big. If you're ready to become a prop bet pro, then head over to fantasypros.com slash props today, and let's get those wins. Guys, let's go to game number three here. Panthers at the Lions. My key question here. What kind of immediate impact do we expect from the return of Jameson Williams, DeBro?
3: I think limited snaps, and he's going to be the field stretcher. But uh, this matchup with Carolina, they play a lot of zone. They try to keep everything in front of them, limit the deep ball very, very well. I think it helps that Dante Jackson's hurt for Jamo, but I don't think that it's going to be a big week for him.
1: So right now, I think they're going to ease him in. Fitz, what are you expecting out of Jamison this week and also kind of how he impacts the the rest of the players in this offense?
2: Agree with Debro that it's probably going to be limited snaps, and we saw the Lions handle Jamison Williams with kid gloves last year, and I know that was a different set of circumstances coming back from a torn ACL. Um, this time it's, you know, the, the suspension, and he did have a hamstring issue that popped up in mid-August. Probably not an issue, but I I don't think they're going to fully – immerse him with a full set of snaps as well as Josh Reynolds has played so far. And and Reynolds has been pretty useful in the Lions offense. So um but going forward, I mean I, I think we know Jamison Williams value is going to be very big play dependent. And maybe what we're hoping for for Jamison Williams is that he turns into another Deshaun Jackson. And um everyone in the audience old enough to remember DJx remembers that he was like A Deshaun Jackson ceiling, if Jamison Williams hits that, that's a successful career. I mean, d had five different thousand-yard seasons, a career average of 17.6 yards per catch, but he was streaky. I mean, he was the kind of guy who would give you, like, two catches for 25 yards one week, one catch for 17 the next, and then go for, like, six, 150, and two touchdowns the third week. So you just had to kind of buckle... Buckle in, keep them in your lineup, uh, accept the bad weeks and, and thrive on the good ones. So, and I think Jamison Williams is going to have that sort of production profile.
1: I think this is the first time you've referenced something along the lines of if you're old enough to remember that I actually did remember because I, I am old <laughs> enough
2: to be have been around for the Deshaun Jackson days, which yeah, uh, he was he was post leather helmets worm. so um, music yes.
3: references and, and social quips and movie references. It's it's an adventure on the show. I'm just going to say I, that listen, it's an adventure.
1: I I know movies. Well, I just have stances uh, that people well, disagree with. I don't know. I think the audience <laughs> would disagree with you on that one. Uh, that's their right. <laughs> um, I do have a second question in this game. I just want to quickly ask, like, how real is this Adam Thielen resurgence? Cause he's playing at a level that I think most of us did not expect this season fits. I mean, is Thielen somebody people should be hanging on to and, and starting every week until proven otherwise, or are we just not buying
2: it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of mixed on this one. He, he's playing well and the numbers do bear it out. 8.7 yards per target, 1.7 yards per route run, uh, 33 targets in four games with an 81.8% catch rate. So he is getting open. I'm not surprised that with all the unproven pass-catching talent, uh, wide receiver talent the Panthers have, that their quarterbacks, both Bryce Young and Andy Dalton, have sort of latched on to the veteran as their go-to guy. But uh, Thielen is also 33 And the metrics in his last couple of seasons in Minnesota were pointing decidedly downward. Um, So, like, I don't think that was a fluke. And I'm okay having Thielen in my lineup this season, just sort of riding it for now. But I I don't entirely trust that things are going to be this good going forward. And I don't know if it's going to be this good in Week 5. Like, in one of these leagues uh, I'm in, I've, I've got a flex choice between Adam Thielen and Jaleel McLaughlin. This week, and I'm actually leaning Jaleel here.
1: I, I think that's fair. Honestly, I, I think I th- it's fair. I think it's reasonable. I can see Debro nodding too. Debro. I want to hit you with a quick uh, betting pros player prop and see how you like Ooh. it from this game. David Montgomery plus 350 to score the first touchdown in this game. Oh, that's
3: that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I
1: like that. Well, I definitely like one.
3: that. I mean, if they get into the red zone, which I think, you know, they get the ball first and stuff. Detroit has been so incredibly run heavy in the red zone. Yeah, I love Demont this week.
1: Love that call. Yeah, I, I quite like that one too. Uh, let's go to Titans at Colts here. And what do we expect from the Colts backfield with Jonathan Taylor returning? Debro, I mean, are we saying we're going away from Zach Moss entirely? Do we think he'll be eased in lightly? Do we think it's going to be a big explosive? Hey, he wasn't really injured. Now he's back. He's just a normal JT. I mean, what do we think is going to happen here? I, I, <sighs> and I have you said all that. The fact that they're going up against the Titans is kind of an extra wrinkle of a run defense we don't really like going up against. And that's really what it comes down to. Like
3: Jonathan Taylor, I think they're going to ease him back in. I think they're going to split work uh, right down the middle with Zach Moss and JT. Now, in most formats, if you got JT late, like depending on your roster structure, if he's your RB2, maybe you got to start him. If he's looking like a flex play and you had some good run out with your running backs or on waivers and such then I'm probably sitting him I'm sitting him in most formats but if you need the RB two, if you need to start him in dynasty I understand it but in a lot of different aspects I don't want any part of JT and Zach Moss this week uh, not against the Tennessee Titans run defense um, I, I saw on our must start show or must sit show excuse me um, all the comments about well Jerome Ford did good come on let's not let's not box score chase and talk about oh he got 20 points and he Jerome Ford did so good he sucked out two touchdowns people he doesn't get those you're crying in your hands at the end of the day so you want to live and die off of lucky touchdowns against an elite run defense have fun with that I'm not
1: uh Zach Moss and JT are probably sits for me definitely Fitz you're the Jonathan Taylor guy obviously you're a huge (laughs) fan um our, our rankings and the staff rankings are kind of all over the place on him because of the uncertainty injury wise. So it's not really fair to even really look at our staff rankings, but you do, you are highest on him currently. So is that just because he's a badger or are you expecting big things in his return?
2: Badger. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there, maybe there's some bias at work there, but um, so I do think the debros right. It's going to be probably close to a 50, 50 split. And then I think, once JT gets a game under his belt, then it's it's going to be the JT show in okay. subsequent weeks. And Moss isn't going to have a lot of value. Um, and indeed, a very tough matchup. The Titans have allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards to running backs and only giving up 3.1 yards per carry to running backs. But here's the but. Um, this Colts offense can be so dangerous with Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. And if they're running uh, the RPO stuff where... Richardson is sticking the ball in Jonathan Taylor's breadbasket and you don't know whether he's going to hand it off, pull it out and run himself, uh, play action and throw a pass. Like that's going to be so difficult for teams to defend and I mentioned this in the uh, my weekly Tears article which people can find at fantasypros.com. When we saw an offense like that in Robert Griffin III, and I I think you're probably old enough to remember him, Brian, uh, (laughs) in his rookie year in 2012, the running threat that Robert Griffin III posed was a big reason why Alfred Morris ran for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns that year. And Alfred Morris is hamburger and Jonathan Taylor is steak. I mean, mm. if we're getting that sort of effect and spiking the efficiency of an already great back with Jonathan Taylor because of the running threat that Anthony Richardson poses, like we, that could mean really exciting things for JT, even in a limited number of carries this week against a really good defense. Like, I think he can still have a good game.
3: I, c- can I bring up one thing here? Um, I, I'd like to mention here that Jonathan Taylor is a trade for now, like, I just pulled up his schedule as we were kind of talking about this because it's like, what does his schedule look like? He's got league winner type of playoff schedule upside guys like weeks uh, starting at week 14. He gets the Bengals, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Raiders. And if you're in some type of league where they do anything for week 18, he gets the freaking Texans in week 18. That is a beyond glorious schedule for the playoffs.
2: With yeah. One th- one point here, though, D-Bro, all these Jonathan Taylor investors who have been sitting on that egg, uh, mm-hmm. it- it's like Horton or wait, what's the what's the uh Dr. Seuss one with the elephant on the egg? Horton hatches the egg yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's <sighs> basically the Jonathan Taylor investors are Horton, the poor elephant sitting there out in the rain for four weeks. And you think they're going to let Maisie Bird come back, swoop in from vacation. And uh, oh, yeah, I'll. I'll I'm taking the egg now. Like, Maybe? no, they're going to want the benefits of Jonathan Taylor after they waited out, out this long. Like, they are going to demand a premium for Jonathan Taylor at this but point. But is the premium worth it, I guess? Uh,
3: like, could you give somebody Kyron Williams for JT straight up or oh, a wide receiver too? No, no, no,
2: no, no. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, you would need Kyron Williams and a lot of juice on top of that to get Jonathan uh, well, Taylor to, away to from anybody him. anybody
3: that's not
2: badgerific. Come on, uh, I, J.T. is J.T. is one of the five best running backs. I,
3: I don't disagree no with you. I don't disagree
2: with you. Right. I just I, uh, that, I'm just that, saying it's that hard eggs, to make a trade for Jonathan Taylor.
1: That egg story was definitely not a reference. I got. I was, of course, around for <laughs> same, uh, the same. RG3 era. I was actually an intern at One O Six Seven, the fan in DC, when RG3 was drafted. And every day on our afternoon show, we had RG Three o'clock, where that whole hour was just dedicated to, to Robert Griffin the Third. Also. I, I almost hesitate to say this given what you've already said about my music taste, my movie taste, but I <laughs> please I will take I will take a hamburger over steak any day of the week. I oh, think a no. hamburger is <laughs> a better menu item
2: than a steak. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, audience, I, let him have it. <laughs> Let no. him have it. Light him oh. up on social media, please. Oh, <laughs> if, just, if my choice is like, so
3: I don't want you to double down on this worm and just <laughs> tell me that you dip your steak in ketchup while we're on this. Like uh, I, I, just, I did I, as a kid. I don't,
1: that was, that was me as a kid. I don't do oh, the ketchup anymore. I, I eat steak oh, properly, but oh, um, I, I mean, if, if you're asking me like roots, man. Chris or five guys, like I would probably prefer the five guys. Oh. if I'm being honest. <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> Comments, light this man up,
1: light this man up like a Christmas tree, please. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> My next key question, is there a better sports month than October? The answer, of course, is no. Football is well underway. The baseball postseason is here, and brand-new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. And while we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live – and in person. In fact, just last night, this is very true, I purchased some tickets to see my Orioles play a real live playoff game. I am hyped to see my first postseason action at Camden Yards this weekend. And the way I bought my tickets is the best way to get tickets to any of these games. That's on GameTime, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. They're all in prices, show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. That was very important to me as I was looking because these playoff games are very expensive and there's a lot of hidden fees. So it was really nice to know the price I was looking at is the price I was going to get. And it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app create an account and redeem code Fantasy Pros for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Fantasy Pros, that's Fantasy Pros, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Guys, let's move to Giants at Dolphins. My key question here is Has Devon HN taken full
2: control of the Miami backfield, or was week four just a fluke in terms of the usage? Fitz? Full control, maybe not. I think A-Chan might be too small to be a true workhorse at the NFL level, although it should be pointed out that he averaged 23.6 touches a game in his final season at Texas A&M. So he can handle a pretty big workload. But I do think they're still going to work in Raheem Mostert and maybe Jeff Wilson, too. Um chans going to be 1A, though. Like, this kid is special. And one thing we should mention about A-Chan, uh, by the way, is that he has – speed, but I don't think speed is his greatest asset. I think it's his contact balance, which is like 99th percentile good. Like, he is extraordinary. Uh, That's his other superpower, the way he just bounces off tacklers. And I've seen A-Chan do that a couple of times already for the Dolphins, and I saw him do it a lot at Texas A&M, where he gets hit by a tackler. And not only does he not lose his feet— he doesn't even need to take like a recovery step. It like propels him, accelerates him in the opposite direction. It's like a pinball hitting a bumper where like, it's just that, that burst off the contact. And uh, it, it's just been remarkable to watch. This guy's amazing.
1: Yeah. Just what a, what an incredible last two weeks at the very least. And obviously we expect to continue d is this still going to be a bit of a split with Mostert as long as Mostert's healthy? Or is this A-chan's, you know, backfield to run with? I think it's HN's backfield. I'm just going to keep
3: giving Pat Fitzmaurice his flowers. Uh, this has been his guy since draft season. Uh, I mean, he has been out here telling people this guy is a stud. The next work done. And I'm finally listening, man. I mean, HN's doing all the things and all the stuff. And when I wrote him up in the primer, I was so surprised to see that, like, And when I say this is his backfield, I mean that he's going to get 60 to 65% of the snaps. And that's really like for workhorse backs. That's all you should be hoping for 80 to 90% is a fool's errand and hoping that for most running backs in the NFL nowadays. And the other part about this, you don't want that. Like a lot of times those guys can break down 30 touches a game. Like how many guys are going to hold up for the entirety of the season? So what he's getting. And when I wrote this up in the primer, he ran 28 routes to Mostert's 16. So, we're previous weeks, we're talking about Mostert as being the passing down back. That ain't happening. Miami already said, uh uh nuh-uh, we're going to go with A-chan. And the other part about this is, he got the red zone work, too. Five red zone opportunities over Mostert's two. If they're willing to not only give him the passing down work, but the red zone work right now over Raheem Mostert, that might not change when Jeff Wilson comes back, like. And I know I'm. I've been high on Jeff Wilson. I think that he's going to factor in the backfield. But Miami is already telling us right now, "Eight hands the truth," and we need to listen.
1: Guys, we have some breaking news here, league changing breaking news here in regards to the Dolphins that has dropped while we were recording. Uh, the Dolphins have traded for. Chase Claypool from the bears. Uh, they gave up a late 2025 pick. Uh, this is actually true. They did just make this trade. It just dropped. Um, do we think Claypool mm. can become wide receiver three in Miami or is he still pretty irrelevant fits? What do you think?
2: I don't think so. Um, I, like I think there are professionalism issues with chase Claypool. Mm. We've seen it in two different NFL stops so far.
1: Yeah. Debro, Any <sighs> at all like stash interest in Claypool no. or just still ignoring? No, I'm surprised Miami even made this trade.
3: I just, no, I don't want any part of Chase Claypool. And I defended Ryan Poles in making that trade. I I will absolutely own that L and stuff. But I think we've seen enough out of Chase Claypool, both on and off the field. His effort even on the field, which was, go pull up the video clips. I don't have to tell you.
1: You could watch them for yourselves. Not good. I don't even part of Chase Claypool. What a well-run organization the Bears are. Just giving away anytime you can give away the thirty-second overall pick. Don't pile
2: on top today, Worm. Tomorrow we could do that. Not
1: today. Sixth rounder. You. (sighs) Well, I saw somebody on Twitter said that getting anything for Claypool is actually the biggest win the Bears have had this week, which which might be true considering what his value was. Let's go to the next game here: Saints at Patriots. And Debra, I will start with you here. What is our panic level on Ramondre Stevenson? I mean,
3: I'm parking so puckering so hard. I'm about to make a pearl, man. It's not good. Uh, It's, it's really not good. Um, His tackle breaking metrics. uh, I I do think that, and I've said this in our discord. I think in some circles, he's a buy low um, only because the volume's not going anywhere as long as he stays healthy, but his tackle breaking metrics are terrible, but the one caveat I'll give to that, as I'm sitting here giving a lot of shade to Mondre, is that as bad as he's been, Ezekiel Elliott's been even worse. So they don't have a back in this backfield that's going to steal the work from Montre Stevenson. And that's why I think he he holds on to that role. And I just hope that the efficiency that we've seen over multiple season seasons prior to this comes back as the season moves along. But it's it's worrisome. Like if you can get out of the Romandre Stevenson, uh Stevenson business of like trading him away, packaging somebody with him to get rid of him, I would be really considering it because everything I look at, I write up the, the primer every single week looking at his stuff. And I'm just like,
2: it's not good. Fitz, what do you think? Got to disagree with Debro here. Um, We're four games in. It's a relatively small sample size. Like, Ramondre looked terrific last season and was terrific. And of the first four opponents uh, the Patriots have had, three of them are top 13 in DVOA against the run, including the Eagles who rank first and just can't be run on this year. So the only below average run defense Ramondre has faced is the Dolphins. He'll be fine. It's it's just uh the vagaries of matchups have have gone against Ramondre. I think he's gonna be okay. Like the offense has not been functioning well, but I think things will get straightened out with the running game at least. I'm here I don't for know about all the positivity. passing game. I'm
3: here for yeah, all I'm, positivity
2: I, for him. I, I, I would uh, encourage I people not to sell low on Stevenson.
1: Our multi-league assistant makes juggling multiple leagues easier than ever. Head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook to get expert advice for all your teams in one spot so you can dominate every league every single week. Also, guys, uh, I don't know if it's coming through or not, but uh, I'm staying with my parents and they have two dogs and they are going crazy downstairs right now. So I apologize. That is coming through on the audio to any of our listeners. uh, They are going nuts, although I love those dogs very much, but not in this moment. Let's get to uh, the game of the week historically in terms of rivalries, and that's Ravens at Steelers. It is not that way this week, of course, uh, just given the state of where the Steelers are at and specifically the Steelers offense. My key question here, though, is on the other side of the ball. Lamar Jackson has struggled against the Steelers historically, particularly in Pittsburgh. It's definitely the stadium he's been at his worst at so far in his young career. So are there any concerns about the Ravens offense in this one, Fitz?
2: Ah, No um that that was old Pittsburgh Ryan that was the steel curtain this is the tin curtain this year <laughs> um yeah L- Lamar is playing so well and now he gets Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman back from injury no concerns here Debra I know this is the game of the week
3: in your heart worm so <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna add on top of the Lamar love no I think Lamar is gonna crush Pittsburgh this week uh they Past defense has been woefully overrated. Um, they're allowing the eighth highest yards per attempt, fourth most passing touchdowns, and 13th most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They've been eviscerated by opposing wide receiver ones. We talked about that on the must-start show. Zay Flower's going to have a day, and so is Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to run wild on Pittsburgh this week. I... I... I'm
1: almost scared of the optimism uh that, that we're hearing. <laughs> this, this is my early birthday present to you, Worm. <laughs> uh more like late, uh unless you're 10, ten <laughs> well, months year, early. Next year. Yes. Next year. Yes. Uh I do have a uh betting pros over under challenge here. Uh with of course my guy Zay Flowers, his line against the Steelers is set at 10 fantasy points, a number he actually hasn't topped since week 1, interestingly enough. What do we think he does in Pittsburgh, Debro? Over. Over. Smash the over mm-hmm
2: Fitz yeah I gotta agree here even with Beckham and Bateman coming back I think the target share is going to be healthy enough for Flowers to to go over 10
1: quickly as far as I've seen I don't know if you guys have seen anything different it looks like Kenny Pickett will kind of grit it out and play mm-hmm. in this one do you think that it would we would be more excited about any pieces of this offense if Trubisky was out there or just either way it doesn't matter Fitz
2: <sighs> lateral move lateral move at best Yeah, Debra. Yeah, no, no more excitement. Like I don't. Mitch Trubisky is not a panacea for this offense. Debra, what do you think? We're changing out
3: one quarterback with baby hands for one that can't use half the field when he uh, drops back to throw. Uh, It's really kind of a wash. So no, doesn't matter. If
1: you haven't heard about WhatNot yet, allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform. WhatNot is the world's leading live shopping platform, often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. This week, in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product, Flawless, was released. It's been making waves in the hobby, with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. I am really excited about Zay Flowers going up against the Steelers this week. And when on WhatNot, you can invest in Zay Flowers or any player you think will do well just by purchasing their card. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to www.whatnot.com slash invite slash fantasypros2023 and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to www.whatnot.com slash invite slash fantasypros2023 To redeem your $10 discount, the link will also be in the description. Let's go to the late afternoon slate here Bengals at Cardinals. My key question is How will Michael Wilson follow up his breakout game? He had seven catches on seven targets for 76 yards and two touchdowns in week four. How is he going to follow that up in week five here, Fitz?
2: Yeah. So it was the first time that he had seen more than four targets in a game last week. uh, And it was seven targets. Like he caught all of them. So He's not a target magnet by any stretch, and I don't know. I mean, I like Michael Wilson. The only reason he was sort of an under-the-radar prospect is because he was hurt so often in college. So the the talent is there, but as plucky as the Cardinals have been, I still don't think this is a trustworthy passing game. Debra?
3: Uh, I do not want to play Michael Wilson this week. Uh, I think Cam Taylor-Britt probably does not play, but... People could say that it's okay, that's a plus. Man, like the the guy behind him, DJ Turner, is playing lights out. He's allowed a twelve point five percent catch rate, thirty-nine pass rating. He runs a freaking four two, four three um in that realm. So dude's got speed for days. I think he's gonna blanket Michael Wilson. Uh the thing about Michael Wilson, and I talked about this in the waiver wire column, people can go check receipts, is that if you're picking him up, I think it was it was twofold. I, I don't want to start him this week it was really more of an investment in, okay, maybe we catch lightning in a bottle and Kyla Murray comes back. Uh, The other thing is I'm just looking forward on the schedule. I don't want to play him this week versus the Bengals. I don't want to play him next week versus the Rams with their extremely good outside corners. I think what you're looking at is he's going to be a bye week guy for uh, whoever you have on a bye that week or a good flex play. Cause the week after that he gets Seattle and I think he can torch those corners and after that, then you trade him away because the upcoming schedule after that is it's grotesque, guys. Like, tell me, what what game do we want to start Michael Wilson in? They get the Ravens after that, the Browns, Falcons. Any of those interest anybody? Oh, look, at then we get the Texans and the Rams. We, we start Michael Wilson there. No, probably not. So it's really hold
1: him playing him versus Seattle and then bye bye, Michael Wilson. I think that's fair. Let's go to Eagles at Rams. My question here, and he's kind of getting overshadowed because everybody, when complaining about tight ends not getting enough usage, likes to point to Kyle Pitts because that's just sort of what the narrative is at this point with him. But Dallas Goddard has been also quite terrible for where he was drafted. So my question here is simple. When will Dallas Goddard get things going again,
2: Fitz? How about right now, Worm? Yes, um, I'll this take week it. he gets yes. he gets the Rams, who have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends uh, in week six. Goddard gets the Jets, who've allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends, and in week seven, Dolphins oh, ninth man. most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So, um, yeah, the the Dallas Goddard stakeholders have been waiting on the runway, uh, but their flight has been cleared for takeoff. Yes. It happens now. D-Bro, do you agree? Are, I, I've like, got Go-Go, nothing got to it?
3: add. The Fitz, right. Fitz uh, oh, let me check notes. Uh, point, point, point. Got it all. Fitz got it all. <laughs> I, I I, just agree <laughs> with everything Fitz just said. Just listen to Fitz.
1: <laughs> uh, quickly, on the other side of this one, it looks like Cooper Cup will be returning this week here, at least according to the news this morning. Are we not, we're not pulling away from Puka Nakua, at least not right away, correct, No bro yeah. No,
2: and uh, I'll add on top of that, not ever, no. no. Not ever. Uh Fitz. Yeah, Puk is still top 10. Uh Cup playable, but I think people have to be prepared for the possibility he does not play a full complement of yeah. snaps this yeah. week. I think yeah, it's limited. That,
1: that seems likely. Let's go to Jets at Broncos here. It feels weird to ask this, but <laughs> is Zach Wilson maybe a thing? And if he is, what does that mean for the rest of the offense? I mean, he the Chiefs are not a terrible defense, and he looked fairly Confident, which is like not saying he was a world beater in that Sunday night game last week, but looking competent is a huge step up for what we've seen from Zach Wilson in the past. So is this going to be a thing? Is he startable against a terrible defense in Denver? But more importantly, I think less so than, you know, more so than are we starting him is what could it mean for guys like Garrett Wilson in this offense? So Fitz, what do you kind of make of this whole thing?
2: He's successfully game managed against the chiefs and there might be a few more games this year where he successfully game manages, but there are going to be a lot of games where he unsuccessfully game manages. Cause he's still not a very good quarterback worm. So I, I can't get on board with any sort of Zach Wilson enthusiasm. Debra. Um, you mean Zach Wilson, the poster boy for the primer this week, that's
3: Zach Wilson. Uh huh. Mm Which shout out to our graphics team. That was,
0: <laughs> I went to
3: go tweet out the primer And as soon as I put the link on
1: Twitter, I was like, oh, it's Zach Wilson. Oh. Well, well, um, as a bit, as a bit, our graphics guy Ethan also made a primer <laughs> banner with Taylor Swift legend. instead Ethan of Wilson.
3: is a legend. I, I'm Swedish not sure which one someone.
1: people were more uh, annoyed to see plastered on our timeline.
3: Somebody <laughs> said they were going to block us because because <laughs> we used the Taylor Swift thing. It was so funny, man. Um, no, Ethan is a king, total goat, man. Um, but <laughs> For no, sure. I can't buy into Zach Wilson. I think that really we're, we're we're looking at the best benefit of a good air quotes, good version of Zach Wilson hitting the NFL field. This really just means better things for Brees Hall, um, gives Garrett Wilson wide receiver three slash two borderline viability with the target volume that he's getting. And really, I think we're going to see more running room for now. What it looks like is an unleashed Brees Hall who is, Facing, I mean, it's top 14 as far as stack boxes he's facing. So a little bit more breathing room in the run game,
1: um, which, if that's the case, only helps not only the Jets, but Zach Wilson with the threat of the run. Uh, quickly on the other side of this one, Julio McLaughlin was one of the hottest waiver pickups this week. Are we starting him against a strong Jets defense, d
3: I think you have to. I mean, in a lot of different instances, he's probably going to be a high in flex. If not for some of your teams, maybe your RB two this week, and I don't disagree with it. I mean, it's not like the Jets. The strength of their defense is their secondary and their back end. And I'm not saying that their run defenses is ama- like amazing or terrible. I think it's just middle of the road. Like they had the 11th lowest stuff rate, their 15th in yards of contact per attempt. If McLaughlin, at which I went down a rabbit hole and I went all the way through even his collegiate tackle breaking metrics on the primer. I think there's, there's a lot of substance to say that this guy is probably pretty good. So I think that he walks away with a pretty good week this week.
1: Fitz.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's playable. I have him ranked running back 29, which is sort of a cautious mm. ranking. Um, yeah, Samaj so P. Ryan is going to get some run, too. But what we like is that I think Julio McLaughlin is going to be the primary pass catching back. And maybe that could be a good thing against the Jets if Russell Wilson is disinclined to challenge Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, as he probably should be. I mean, those guys are terrific. So uh, maybe it's a little more dump off action this week to Julio McLaughlin. He catches four or five balls.
3: I got him an RB twenty four, but I I I think he's in a long stretch. Fits of like you can make a case for him anywhere between in that whole mix of like, Miles Sanders, Pacheco, Pierce, like all those kind of guys, like RB two, RB three types. Pacheco,
2: Pacheco, RB two or RB three. Dude, have, have you seen the usage lately? Have you seen the 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 Vikings run defense? It's pretty good. Yeah. Wasn't that great against Philly a few weeks ago, DeBro?
1: So our, our next game is actually Chiefs at Vikings. And my second question, which I was asked first since he just came up, is actually about Pacheco. He's RB22 in our consensus rest-of-season rankings. And I was wondering quickly if you guys thought that was too high, too low, or just right. RB22, Ooh. half PPR rest-of-season, fits.
2: About right. Yeah. Got
1: i got him RB21. Same. I'm RB21. I'm with Fitz on this one. Couple, couple good games he's coming off of. The first question I had, the key question you might say for this matchup, is are we trusting Alexander Madison coming off back-to-back games with 90-plus rushing yards, Debra? Yeah, I think we trust him. Uh, I think that Cam Akers could be a thorn in his
3: side, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. And the thing for Madison is that he's managed his two best games of the season back-to-back. So if you wanted to see a plus from Madison to hold off Cam Akers This is really what you wanted to see out of Madison. I think he stacks another good game this week. I mean, the Chiefs have been extremely good as a pass defense, but versus the run, ninth highest, highest explosive run rate allowed, 10th lowest stuff rate. So I, I think, honestly, the path to not just I don't think they can beat the Chiefs this week, but the chance to beat the Chiefs this week is to run Madison.
1: Let's hit one last player in the betting pros over under challenge here as well. Travis Kelsey has been the star of the NFL season thanks to his relationship with Taylor Swift, like you alluded to (laughs) earlier. But he hasn't been quite the megastar we've come to expect on the field. Of course, relative to the position at tight end, he's still crushing expectations. But he's not having these huge blow-up games that we've quite come to to know and love from him. His over-under against the Vikings is set at 12 fantasy points, which might sound low, but it's a number he's technically only topped once this season in half PPR scoring. So Fitz, I ask you, how will he fare in Minnesota?
2: He'll fare well. He's due for a smash game. I think he gets it this week. I'm going over. Debra? Yeah, I'm going to take the over.
1: Let's move to Sunday night football. Obviously, the game of the week here. Cowboys at 49ers. Super, super fun one. Tons of elite skill players in this one, but also perhaps the two best defenses in football. So I ask you this. Fitz, I'll start with you. Are there any big names we're sitting in this one, given the matchups?
2: Does Brock Purdy count? He, like I, oh, he might. All right. So I'm going to say I'm, that I'm we maybe— I'm that one. Okay. Yeah. So last season, uh, Brock Purdy in his six starts, and we can even include the game where he came in where uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt early— Uh, did not face a defense ranked better than 13th in DVOA against the pass. And in those starts, he averaged 238.3 passing yards and threw multiple touchdown passes in every one. That also includes the playoff game against Seattle. Then Purdy, in the second round of the playoffs, runs into a very good Dallas pass defense, uh, has 214 passing yards and zero touchdowns. So far this season, the four teams Purdy has faced their rank in DVOA against the pass 13th, 21st, 29th, and 30th. So now here come the Cowboys who rank first in DVOA against the pass. Granted, they did lose Trayvon Diggs, a big loss in their secondary. Um, but I still think Purdy is going to uh, maybe not get over with this tough matchup. Like he is, he is feasted on easier matchups. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Like Purdy has proven himself to me. I'm I'm a believer, but against a really good defense like this, I don't think he's going to have a good day. Debro,
1: are you sitting any of these top level skill guys, given the matchup or at the very least concerned about any of them? So I don't know if this is going to come across as a hot take, but
3: I'm really worried about starting Debo Samuel this week. Like, I'm seriously considering sitting him in all formats and dropping him really low in ranks. And this comes down to last week. He was a decoy. And I don't know if that changes this week. Like when I wrote him up at the primer, I was like, he had an 81% route run rate. Like it's not that he didn't do anything. Like he was out there running routes, but he had zero targets to find a Debo Samuel game where he has played and had zero targets, you have to go all the way back to week 14 of 2020. Like, that just does not happen. So, I'm seriously concerned, not only this strong matchup, talking about Dallas's pass defense, but if he plays a decoy role again this week, and this matchup does not set up well for Debo, even if you want to talk about uh, coverage uh, specifics, Dallas has been extremely man coverage heavy this year. What does that mean? It's a lot of Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is going to feast this week. I think Brandon Ayuk has a monster game. But Debo, if he's a ghost again and gives you a goose egg, it might sound insane because I know in ECR and consensus rankings, he's going to be top 20 because guess what? I I get it. A full speed Debo Samuel, and he's only practicing on a limited basis. So it's not like the ribs and the knee. It's not like he's 100% this week or anywhere close to it probably. I'm seriously worried. Is he just going to goose egg again and be a decoy out there just to pull coverage so they can't sit here and bracket Brandon
1: Ayuk? Fitz, how are you betting this one? Because, again, it is the game of the week. I, I mean, personally, I feel like I would take 49ers minus three and a half. I just think as good as the Cowboys are, I think the 49ers are, are even better by enough that I would feel comfortable you know, laying those points. W- what do you think about that line?
2: Yeah, I talked about this with Joe Pisapia and Sam Hoppen on the Betting Pros uh, on our Monday preview podcast. Um, I'm I'm not touching it. I, I think the line is spot on. Three and a half seems mm-hmm. right. The, the total is what, at like 44 and 45? 45. 45, yeah. I, I think that's spot on. I'm I'm just like, I'm going to enjoy this one and not bet it. It <sighs> is, is going to be a really fun game to watch either way. Debro, are
1: you betting at all?
3: I I agree with Fitz. I think both of these are spot on lines. If I was going to make any bet of any action on this game, I would bet the under on the total. And this, I, I understand both of these offenses have the ability to put up points, especially on the San Francisco side, but we also have to give both these defenses, their flowers. Like they're both extremely good defenses. And what I think pulls this game to the under is the pace of this game. I think this this game is going to be ex- extremely slow. And so if the efficiency doesn't outkick the play volume, that's what drags this game to the under because Dallas is running at the fourth slowest neutral pace. And look at that! San Francisco, dead last in neutral pace. So if the line is right and the three and a half in this game is a close, a tight one, like the spread is right... I think the pace of this and the defensive matchups pull this to the under. uh, But I I agree with Fitz. Both of these are really good lines in most instances. I'm probably just going to stay away.
1: We'll take it home with Packers at Raiders Monday night football to wrap things up here. Key question. Are we undervaluing? Excuse me. Are we undervaluing Romeo Dobbs right now? He's a wide receiver four in the week five consensus rankings, despite finishing top 13 and half PPR scoring three times in the first four weeks of the season. So, Fitz, you are a Packers guy. Are we, as an industry,
2: undervaluing Dobbs? I think we probably are. He's seen 25 targets in his last two games. I have him ranked wide receiver 29 this week, one spot ahead of Christian Watson. And while I do think Watson is the better and more explosive player, Dobbs is pretty good. Like, he's going to continue to be a big part of this offense. So, um, yeah, I, I I know last season there were a lot of games that Dobbs and Watson played together where Dobbs outscored Watson. And I, I think that's going to happen again somewhat. I, I just don't know if we're going to see. Watson has that big play potential. We saw it last year where he had that crazy run where he scored, what, eight touchdowns in four games. Um, he's capable of doing big things like that. And, uh, you know, where Dobbs, you hope for just more of a steady week to week performance, but, um, we are probably collectively undervaluing Romeo Dobbs.
1: By the way, it looks like this morning, the consensus, he has moved up from experts updating their ranks. So he is in the back end of the wide receiver three range, still lower than you have him fits Debra. What do you think about Dobbs? And I mean, he's had a good start to the season.
3: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything that Fitz said. Uh, I pulled up my ranks and realized I was too low on him as well, so I've moved him up to wide receiver thirty-three. Uh, I've got Watson right now above him, but that's assuming Watson plays a full complement of snaps. Now, it, when I go to update the primer and stuff, if it you know whether it's beat writer reports or just his practice reports, I might flip them and be writing in line with Fitz. I think that we are probably underrating Dobbs just. Target volume, the matchup, uh, nobody should be scared of Marcus Peters and whoever the heck else they
1: trot out next to him on the outside for the Raiders. So I think it's another good Dobbs game. I would just like to say before we wrap things up that I'm very happy with the schedule this week. I've been complaining a lot the last couple of weeks in terms of like these nine early games and three late we get six early games. We get the four late. We have the London games. You can watch all day, capping it off with the game of the week. One of the best matchups of the year to date so far in that San Fran Dallas game. So I, I think it's a great schedule. I'm really. Plus, of course, you get the uh, the Raven Steelers in there. That always. I was going to say, when week. you
3: built up to the best game of the week, <laughs> I thought you were going to do a drop for the Steelers and Ravens. I didn't think you were actually going to go to the 49ers no, well, and Dallas well, game could, that week. Because
1: huh? that would have been a joke. Yeah. But I'm being very genuine when I say it's a great schedule. Uh, and of course, I am excited for uh, for Ravens. Steelers, as always, for D-Bro and for Fitz. Thank you guys for uh, chatting up with me this week. I will see you guys uh, next week again. We will all see you later. Keep tuning in and uh, enjoy the Week 5 action. It's going to be a good one. See you around, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.